This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina. From our research farm to your barn, Purina's team of PhD equine nutritionists take you on a journey through all stages of your horse's life, from foals to seniors and everything in between. You'll come away with advice and knowledge on how to best feed your equine companion to unlock their greatest potential. This is Dr. Wendy Ying. I'm an equine veterinarian in Sarasota, Florida. And this is Dr. Mary Beth Gordon, and I'm the Director of Equine Research and New Product Development with Purina. Today on the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina, we take a look at a day in the life of a research horse. We discuss what goes on with the research horses at the Purina Research Farm, from mares and babies to the amazing lives they lead at Purina and beyond. Plus, we speak with clinician Carrie Kuhn about why he likes to work with the Purina horses. Welcome, Dr. Mary Beth. Thanks, Dr. Wendy. It's great to be here. You know, I have the fantastic opportunity of directing the research for Purina Animal Nutrition, and we are incredibly unique in that we have a research farm. I want to put research in quotes because people nowadays think, oh, research and, and animals, like, is that a bad thing, you know? And what we have is we have a beloved group of 80 horses that live on our farm in Gray Summit, Missouri. And they live really great lives helping to taste test our feeds and develop the next growth formula for young growing horses and for broodmares and developing the next performance horse feed. We have specially trained horses that can run on treadmills and simulate exercise so that we can figure out the latest and greatest feeds for performance horses. And it's a state-of-the-art facility all run by horse people who love horses as much as you and I do, and uh, so excited to give them a platform today and to be able to talk about their lives. This sounds great. This sounds like a horse spa, high-end horse facility. My horses would love to go there and be taste testers. Yeah, it's really a unique facility. There's not very many of them like it. There's there's actually nothing like it a, across the country. And like, for example, right now it's springtime and our broodmares are foaling out. And so we have five foals thus far this spring. We are expecting 12. Everyone is happy and healthy. And, you know, literally we are there the moment those foals hit the ground. The broodmares have birth alarms in them. We have people that mm-hmm. live right on the property to make sure they're right there, help catch that foal as it comes oh, out, wow. all that kind of stuff. And then right away, you know, we're monitoring these foals, everything about their growth and their health and everything that's going on with the mare too. We take samples of the milk and of the mare, you know, how the mare's doing in terms of her body condition and then what's going on with the foal. And we love them. We love baby season, right? Yeah, you just, you, you I know, know. Very, they're so cute. <laughs> yeah, we're very careful about our breeding program. And we work with the Four Sixes Ranch in Texas because we breed registered American quarter horses. But it's just so fun for us because, you mm-hmm. know, you, we put the combinations together. Mike Jarina, our, our horse research manager, does all, all the work. And it's just the ones that come out with the socks and the blaze and who's going to be gray and who's going to be sorrel. And one thing 
thing that uh, people can do is if you follow us on Facebook, we put pictures of the the babies up there and you can see them as they come. And usually, we usually have a naming contest every year. So look for that in the future. We'll take a, you know, a special foal and, and let everybody uh, throw their name in the hat. Like we tell you the sire and the dam, and then you mm-hmm. can come up with a name for us and we vote on Facebook, which is pretty fun. Oh, that is fun. As a research scientist, how is the farm important to your work? So for us, it's really critical because when it comes to nutrition for horses, you know, Mm -hmm. the quality of the nutrition and the nutrients and the balance of all the ingredients and the nutrition in the feed is really important to the animal. And for us, we very much want to know how our feeds and our formulations are going to perform in an animal before we sell it to someone mm-hmm. and put it in their animal and ask them right. to use it and, you know, see what type of performance they're expecting. So for us, there's no other way to do it. There's mm-hmm. plenty of other companies that are going to put something in a bag and sell it to you. Right. But for us, it's all about how do we develop the next best thing? How do we improve upon what we already have? Like, for example, our mares and babies are all eating Ultium growth right now for this trial. But mm-hmm. we're trying to work on what is the next thing for Ultium growth? Like, what's right. the next improvement? What's the next addition? What's the next piece that's going to help those horses to grow healthfully? and strong and handle stresses of weaning and and all that kind of stuff that a young growing horse has to deal with. And, you know, nutrition is so important for the lifetime of your horse. Having the horses there on the farm, some of who live with you their entire lives, you can really see how the nutrition, like you're not just looking at one moment in time with your nutrition studies, you're looking at them throughout their whole lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, with our growth trials, sometimes we'll very intensely follow mares and foals for two years straight, taking Mm -hmm. digital x-rays and looking at their bone health and their growth and stuff like that. And then these horses, the majority of them will stay with us and they have other jobs as they grow up. And some of them become performance horses for us and they work on the treadmill and do exercise studies. Mm -hmm. Others become palatability horses where they literally like twice a day, five days a week for almost every week of the year, they stand, they come out of their regular box stalls and we have them taste test feed side by side. And it's a really, really cool job. Oh my um, God. Yeah. That's for great. horses to have like, it's sort of a job I'd like to have in life. Like, let me get mm-hmm. up every meal and you put like a lot of cool stuff in front of me and let me taste test it all and tell you what I like. And, you know, we time it all. It's not like we it's not a free for all, you know, they don't go out Mm -hmm. there and just gorge themselves. So some depends on what they're eating at the time. It'll be for four minutes or it'll be for eight minutes or it'll be for 10 minutes. And we line the horses up. We'll have like 10 horses in a row that are doing this. And we have a really sophisticated scale system that basically every five seconds tells us which feed the horse is eating and which one they like more. And horses can be, as any of you know, really, really picky and finicky. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have one, you you think of putting a gram of butte in his feed and he knows it. He's like, you're yeah. poisoning me. No way, you know. <laughs> But the regular palatability of feeds is important. We want horses to eat well and to complete their meal, but, you know, Mm -hmm. not too fast and not too slow because we all know if you put feed in front of a horse and they don't touch it, 
well, that's a red flag, right? And it's amazing. I mean, 1% differences in fat content, tiny, tiny levels of flavors. These horses can detect it all. We are constantly like, I love being surprised. I love being surprised by like animals and research and fun Mm -hmm. things because it's like you work in an area and you think you know what's going to happen. And so then I love it when I get surprised. And I'm constantly surprised over and over again at like how well horses can detect things that I don't think Mm -hmm. they should be able to. (laughs) Right, right. You must have to like pick certain horses for that feed trial because there are some that will just eat anything. They don't care. It's food and they want to eat it. So you can't have those in your study, right? Yeah. You know, we actually have horses that become really good at the palatability trials we do. Mm -hmm. And then we have horses that fail and they get kicked out and, and, you know, (laughs) they go off to do something else on the farm in terms of what type of work they do for us. For example, like we'll have horses that are uh, side eaters. So that horse, they're not as picky, but they always like to eat to the left. So they're always going to pick that feed that's on the left side versus the right. Yeah. So, and one of the things we do is every time we offer them the feed, we actually switch the feeds from right to left at every Mm -hmm. feeding. So that way, if the horse like knows in their mind, ooh, the really tasty one was on the right side this morning. Like I'm going to try the right side again. But what happens is we actually have swapped it on them for each feeding so that it changes their memory up of it a little bit. But some horses, they fail out of palatability school. So they go, you know, (laughs) run on a treadmill or we put a digestibility harness on them and measure their manure and all kinds of other fun stuff. So tell us a little bit about that. Like when they're on the treadmill or or the digestibility study, how do you run experiments like that? We run about 12 to 15 different trials a year that are specific trials that we're measuring sort of everything that is going on around that horse and the nutrition that they're getting. And some of them fall into the exercise physiology and working mm-hmm. with performance horses. So those horses, we have both an equisizer, a six horse equisizer where we can walk and trot and sometimes do a little light canter in the equisizer. And then we have a very wonderful state-of-the-art high-speed treadmill with a full indirect calorimetry system, which sounds really complicated, but basically we can measure every single molecule of oxygen that those horses are breathing in and the carbon dioxide that they're breathing out while they're on that treadmill. We have all kinds of ways to measure their their heart rate and their uh, maximum heart rate and, and indwelling body temperature and stuff like that while the horses are running. And it really gives us an idea of how horses can perform on our Mm -hmm. performance horse feeds and also what fuel their body's using at the time. So are they trotting along? Are they using fat as their fuel at that moment? Or are they using a carbohydrate as their fuel? And one of the things that we do for our exercise trials is, you know, the majority of the horses on the farm are quarter horses, but, you know, we all know that when it comes to performance horses, thoroughbreds, for example, in the racing industry tend to be the the dominant breed. So mm-hmm. we specifically have thoroughbreds that we either purchase off the track or uh, also several that we have adopted from thoroughbred rescue organizations. So we bring them into the farm and we specifically train them to run on the treadmill and go in the equisizer and get handled with all of our equipment and everything that we need to do. And then they do all of our exercise trials for Mm -hmm. us. What a great life for a retired racehorse, because I'm sure they love the activity and to be in the hubbub. Yeah, they really, really do. It's funny because, you know, you have to train them properly. It's it's not that much different than when you're training a horse to like go into a, a trailer. You know, we bring them in and out of our 
our treadmill room over and over again. We feed them treats in there. We get them really comfortable. We turn on all the fans and all the equipment because it makes loud whooshing noises. So we get them used to all that kind of stuff. And once they're really comfortable and they're like, oh, you know, why am I coming in here and eating treats every day? Like, this is cool. Mm -hmm. Let's just do this for the rest of our lives. We get them, (laughs) you know, we get them walking on the treadmill and then trotting and Probably our biggest challenge with doing exercise trials is once we get the horses really fit, we'll do a lot of studies where we're looking at their fitness as they become more fit over time. Mm -hmm. Like how does nutrition help a horse become more fit during a training process? And then how does the nutrition help them recover after Mm -hmm. strenuous bouts of exercise? So we get to an end of a trial and these thoroughbreds are super fit. And then we bring them in to run on the treadmill and we're like, okay, now you must stand here. You know, you're going to run, you know, you're going to run, but I would like you to stand here very quietly while I hook you up and put your mask on and, and do all your stuff and take our little blood samples and everything before we go. And the horses are bouncing around. They're like, let's go, you know, so they're having a grand old time, but it's really good. We have this one really, really special thoroughbred horse that we are so in love with right now. Like, I can't wait. I'm like, please become too slow to run on our trials so I can take you home in my house and ride you around in my backyard. And he's this little bay thoroughbred and his name is Hollywood Extra. And he was, do you remember the movie War Horse? Of course. So at the beginning of the movie of War Horse, there's a little bay foal that's like running around in the paddock at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the movie. The horse we have, that is that foal. So he's the foal from that movie and he went to the track and he was too slow. Mm -hmm. And he ended up at a rescue organization in Oklahoma And he happened, we were looking for thoroughbreds and we went to the organization and we met him and we're like, gosh, he's gorgeous. We love him. Let's let's see how he works out. And he's been fantastic for us. Not Mm -hmm. only does he do really well in the trials, but we, we have a lot of visitors. We literally have thousands of people that come through our facility a year through our VIP tours Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so he's become so steady on the treadmill We have to be careful about which horses we're going to bring in and run on the treadmill when there's 50 people in the room with all their stuff and they're like crinkling their water bottles and all that kind of thing. And he does a great job and he, we can put him out in front of a crowd while he runs on the treadmill and it's pretty fun. So that's great. No, you bring up tours. How do people, can people just sign up and come for a tour of the farm? So we do it by invitation and Mm -hmm. it is part of our process as people become Purina customers and want to learn more about the farm. So contact your local sales specialist. Each sales specialist has a certain amount of spots of people that they can send every year. And yeah, it's, it's pretty good because we pick up the tab to fly people in and you have to want to learn about nutrition. So it's not just like a fun little tour uh, right. through the research unit. We bring you in and we, we open up the fire hose on you when it comes to nutritional science and Uh-oh. we take you through everything from how to feed, you know, the young growing horses to performance horses to senior horses and give you a tour of the facility, you know, talk about hay, all that kind of stuff. So wow, uh, it's a total... Great. Yeah, it's a total interactive experience and we love to have people. And then from time to time, we have groups, you know, the local 4-H club will come through and we'll give them a special private tour and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it sounds like fun. How often do you go out to the farm? 
So I'm off-site. I actually have a little horse farm here in New York State. So I'm usually there every month. And then my team of researchers and people that take care of the horses, they live right there in St. Louis. And they're there every single day taking mm-hmm. care of those horses and overseeing them. So besides Hollywood, do you have another favorite one there? Well, of course, I always have to talk about Tracker. <laughs> So we have a horse named Tractor, which may make you think like he's like this big tank of a horse, but his name is Tractor because he's terrified of the tractor. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because he's another one. We can put him in front of a group of people on the treadmill. So he's in the treadmill. There's 50 people in the room with him and he's galloping away, you know, not a problem. Nothing will spook this horse. But if you're walking him down the aisle and the tractor goes by on the outside of the barn, mm-hmm. he's going to try to drag you out of that barn. Oh, my so gosh. Quick. We love him. He was born on the farm. He's 22 years old. You know, And he's still we, afraid of the tractor at 22? Still, yeah, still afraid of the tractor. One of those. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those things we probably could spend like three hours a day and, you know, recondition right. him to the tractor and, and stuff like that. But, you know, he's good enough that we can properly handle. I mean, he does everything else perfectly too. It's like, well, okay. Okay. Old guy, you're, you're allowed to have your one thing, your one quirk, you know, some other horse friend must've told him some scary story when he was in his weaning group about the tractor and he thinks it's a monster or something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We can, we can blame it on one of our employees, John. John Lindemann has been with us since the day Tractor was born and is still there taking care of Tractor today. Mm-hmm. So we can call we can say it's John's fault. <laughs> John does an amazing, amazing job with all of our horses. So yeah, we have a lot of these long relationships, not only with the horses, but with the employees and the people that are there caring oh, for the that's... horses. You know, it's Anyone who loves horses really knows what it, you know, they're there in the freezing cold and they're there on the super hot days and in the middle of the night sometimes and early in the morning and all the stuff. You know, we have all the regular stuff. Like it sounds really great, like a paradise, but we have 80 horses, right? So all the regular stuff, like somebody kicks somebody and, you know, somebody needs this or somebody needs that. And, you know, 80 horses to deworm and vaccinate and do all of our stuff too. So we're, we're busy. That's for sure. (laughs) Do you keep all the horses that you breed there at the farm? On one hand, we would love to, right? Because we're all horse people. And so it's sort Mm -hmm. of like the whole thing of like, well, let's keep them all. But um, (laughs) it's not practical for us to keep all of them. And, you know, we breed some nice horses that we certainly would like to see go on and have productive homes in Mm -hmm. other situations. So from time to time, we will do a private sale to owners that are interested. And then we know we certainly vet the situation before we sell the horses. I own two of them. So in my backyard, (laughs) I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old and love them to death. They're super cute horses. We tend to send a small group of horses each year to Colorado State University. We send a group of two-year-olds and they go through the training program at Colorado State. So our foals get, you know, halters put on within the first three days of life and they lead around the barn and everything. They have a lot of really, really good handling. Our mm-hmm. broodmare and foal manager, Margaret, she does an amazing job handling all these young horses. So they're really well, you know, broke on the ground in terms of, you know, picking up their feet and getting on and off trailers and, you know, being led around. But then when they go to Colorado State, the students take it a next level and they actually, you know, get them trained to be ridden and stuff like that. So they get them broke under saddle and do all that stuff. And then 
those horses go through what's called the legends of ranching sale. So, you know, people can come and look at them and they go through the auction and people purchase them as performance horses. Most of them are, are become family horses. A lot of them for kids, kids and adults mm-hmm. that want a quarter horse to ride, you know, for pleasure out on the ranch. And I mean, some of them I've seen them at, you know, local hunter jumper shows, stuff like that. Oh. And so a lot of them go on to have a lot of really productive lives. Sometimes we work with an ambassador like Kerry Kuhn. We've had horses that he's worked with and they become part of his television show on RFD TV. We've had a Purina contest where people can enter a contest and win a horse from our facility that's been trained by Carrie. We find ways for these horses to have a productive, healthy life out there in in the horse world, which is really fun for us to see too. I mean, you see some of these horses and what they can do and what they can become. It's great to see that. Let's call Carrie and ask him all about the horses. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, we're really excited that we actually now have um, our Purina ambassador, Kerry Kuhn, on the phone with us. And he's going to talk to us about his experience working with some of our young Purina horses. Hi, Kerry. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? We're really good. We're talking about our horses, and that's always a good day. Lots of fun there. So tell us about how you've worked with some of the horses from the Purina Research Farm and your experiences with them. Well, I have been blessed to be a part of Purina's ambassador program for a number of years now, and I've had the privilege to attend the research center there in Gray Summit, Missouri. And it was about three years ago that we decided to talk with Purina to see if we couldn't potentially take one of their horses from the nutrition center and incorporate it more into our filming. So what we do is we film on a weekly basis, showing our horsemanship program and and the process that we go through to develop a horse in their frame of mind where we could go make them, whether it's a rope horse, a cow horse, a barrel horse, or whatever. So like I said, about three years ago, we had the opportunity to take one of the horses from the nutrition center and bring back to our place and use that horse for some filming. So I'd been around these horses at the at the nutrition center. I'd seen some of their horses on the treadmill. I'd seen how they'd handle these horses, but I never really had the opportunity to be around one in an environment where we were focused more on training that horse versus maybe just gathering data about how feeds are working and such. So we brought this horse home and it was so much fun. This gray mare that we brought home, she was the first one that we brought to be able to take her. And we filmed with that mare every week that first year so we could show the progress. And here's what was so cool. So we bring this mare home. This mare was five years old when we got her. So she was raised at the nutrition center. They'd been using her in their research data, but they'd never really done much with this mare. So when we got her, she was halter broke. You could handle her. You could trim her feet. You could do that kind of stuff. But as far as this mare really, really knowing what work was, she really (laughs) didn't have a clue. (laughs) So this mare went from thinking life is just about taste testing new feeds 
<laughs> and now I've got to work for a living. And it she's was like, so yeah, I, I had a job. You know, she says I had a job. It was eating for a living, right? Like, isn't that enough? <laughs> I'm being brushed. <laughs> exactly. So in the beginning, she was so expressive about some of the stuff that I would ask her to do. She just like you said, she would literally look at me like you've got to be kidding me. You want me to do that? Because <laughs> all I've done before is stand in a little stall and eat feed. Yeah, she doesn't get so sweaty. We <laughs> so we had the opportunity with that mare to show our audience what it looked like to take that horse who had been raised at the nutrition centers. They handle them so well out there, and they've got so much of a foundation in those horses just from how they handle them and how they collect their, their data and their research. So it was easy for us to progress, but it was so cool to be able to film on a weekly basis and let our audience see this mare visualize her thoughts through her expression as she was learning that life is going to be a little bit more about working for a living. <laughs> Poor girl. Yep. <laughs> the realities of life. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a situation that a lot of people are going to be dealing with though. And you know, you're lucky to have a horse that went through that at Purina because they don't have any baggage. They've only had good experiences with people. I think that's really fun to see too. So people can say, God, I mean, if you raise your own baby, right, this is what you're going to come up with is a really willing partner, even though she maybe doesn't think she should be doing what you think she should be doing. She still did it. Right. Exactly. And even this mayor being five years old, I mean, it wasn't like we were dealing with a two-year-old. They'd never started this mare. They'd never even attempted to try to ride her. But just in the way they handled this mare daily on the ground, mm -hmm. catching her, how, whatever they had incorporated her into their research program out there, their daily handling of this mare had her in a frame of mind where she was willing to listen to humans. She wasn't scared of them. She was relaxed. So it emphasized, again, for us, like you mentioned, we typically – the horses that we bring into our program, we don't want horses that have been started because we don't want the baggage. We, right. we want to start with a clean slate. So what we had coming from the Purina Animal Nutrition Center was not just a clean slate. We also had a solid foundation in how those horses interacted with humans that let us build pretty quick. I bet besides her emotional ability to learn, you probably had a lot less lameness issues than your average horse that comes in because she had been on such a good nutrition program the whole way, and her mom did too. Well, it's funny you mention that. We had that mare back here at our place for about a month, and we were so impressed with this mare's physical confirmation and her condition that we actually shot a video with my brother who is a farrier talking about the growth in this mare's hooves mm -hmm. and how good of condition her hooves were in and how that carried into what we were preparing her to be able to do for us. Five years old, that would let us put a little bit more pressure on this mare physically from the beginning and not have to worry about underdeveloped legs and a two-year-old but once we got her back here and started working with her and that first time we trimmed her feet my brother's like this mare's hooves are in such good condition we need to educate everybody about what this feed has done for this mare and the condition it has her in before we even really get started 
Yeah, that's pretty exciting because, I mean, really, that is kind of where it first starts to go wrong, you know, when they don't have good nutrition and they start back into work or just starting work. And then what falls apart first, right? Their feet. (laughs) So you have a solid foundation. What was this little girl's name? Well, we actually called this mare Miss Purina. I believe, her, I believe her registered name was Holly Seven Petals or something like that. But we, <laughs> she was kind of our face for Purina that year as we were using her as a character in our show. So we just called her Miss Purina from the, from the day she got to our place. We love it. We think it's the perfect name. Yeah, they all have their proper, long, registered quarter horse names. But yeah, I've got my two in the backyard that they have got their long papered names, but they're they're Daisy and Mocha to me. And, <laughs> and Carrie, I wanted to ask you if I can ask you a training tip. So I'm a lifelong horse person, but I've got a two-year-old and a three-year-old with Purina Animal Nutrition Bloodlines in my uh, backyard. I got my little round pen set up. Any tips for me this summer as I work with these horses and get them under saddle? Well, how old are these horses? One's a coming two-year-old. The other one's a three-year-old. Well, I mean, it would be hard to say without seeing these horses, but we we try to remind our audience, regardless of whether you're starting a two-year-old or you're riding a 15-year-old horse that you've been riding for 13 years, our number one focus is developing a frame of mind in our horse where they're willing to do two things, pay attention and follow direction. And that Mm. might sound kind of simple, but if you don't have a horse in a frame of mind to where they're willing to pay attention to you and they're trying to work with you and not just stuck in their instinctive behavior, Mm. then there's so many things that we're trying to do through the tack that we bring out. We set up a round pen thinking the round pen is going to cure everything, but it really all boils down to whether you're going to attempt to ride this horse or maybe this horse is still at the Purina Animal Nutrition Center. They have no intent to ride it, but they're using it for research. Whether you're walking in the pen to catch it and go saddle it or just walking in the pen to catch it, to lead it to a stall so you can put some feed in front of it, you're trying to develop a frame of mind in that horse where they're willing to follow your lead. And if you keep Mm. all of your training focused on, for example, I'm not just interested in whether or not my horse did the task that I asked for what I'm really interested in more than anything is what was that horse's frame of mind while they did it. Mm, So if if all I care about is whether or not that horse moved over, for example, and I'm just watching the feet can get a horse really, really mad and get him to move over. Mm. But if you're sitting on that horse and you've got a horse that moved over with a frame of mind to say, yes, ma'am, or that horse that moved over because he was so mad, there's going to be resistance that shows up in that horse if he's not in the frame of mind to willingly follow your lead. So whatever it is you're after, as long as you keep your focus on developing that frame of mind where that horse is willing to follow your lead, then you'll be headed in the right direction. Mm. Yeah, that, that's great advice. Great to keep top of mind. And then, you know, it all can fall into place from there. Well, Carrie, where can everybody find you and learn more about your training? Best place to get a hold of us or find us right now is on our website, which is com. We're still producing our, our show weekly, so we have our weekly show up on our website every Sunday. We've also got some other shows that we're producing some short segments for, and we're looking into a new network to possibly come out in 2018 
with our show as well. So CarrieCoon.com is about the best way to get in touch with it. Well, Dr. Mary Beth, that was so fun to hear Carrie talk about these fabulous lives that your baby horses go on to live. Yeah, we are really proud of them. You know, it's like our kids, you know, go off to school and then they graduate and they get to go out into the world and, and do their thing. So it's fun for us to be a part of that. And we're thankful that we have Carrie to work with and get him a really good start in life. To learn more about the products discussed in this episode and all the products offered by Purina, visit PurinaMills.com. We also have direct links to the products and a picture of our highlight horse in this episode's show notes. The Horse Nutrition Podcast is available on most podcast players. Just search for the Horse Nutrition Podcast by Purina. It is also available with the other horse podcasts at horseradionetwork.com or on the Horse Radio Network phone app. Just search for Horse Radio Network on your iOS or Android device. Until the next Horse Nutrition Podcast by Purina, enjoy the precious time you have with all your equine friends. Mm -hmm.